Welcome to the Dungeon Master's Guide, a podcast for new and veteran enthusiasts of Dungeons & Dragons, where you can get all the information you need to run your own game. My name is Nathan Lewis, and I will be your host. In this episode, we will be diving into the Dungeon Master's Workshop and the variants you can throw into your games to make them your own. Adding custom or homebrew aspects into your campaign can increase player interest and add to the fun atmosphere. Let's get started. Before we speak on what is inside of it, let's define the Dungeon Master's Workshop. This is a space where a GM can alter the core Dungeons & Dragons experience. While a game can be heavily altered through implementation of homebrew rules, there are a swath of ingrained variations you can make to augment your game. Before you make these changes, there will be a few questions to ask yourself and your players. First, will the rule change and improve the game? There is no point in altering the core Dungeons & Dragons experience if the alteration proposed will not be a positive addition. A similar question is, will my players like it? As I've said before, the fun experience should be the primary goal within a Dungeons & Dragons campaign. If you are considering a rule or a system alteration, ensure it is in line with what your players will find fun. Have open dialogue with your friends which are embarking along this journey with you to ensure they are comfortable with your changes. Let's begin the discussion of the Dungeon Master's Workshop by bringing in some literature as always. The Dungeon Master's Guidebook was written by the creators of Dungeons & Dragons and is a great reference document for all related to this game. I will be referencing Chapter 9 within this discussion, starting on page 263. The Dungeon Master's Guidebook says on the topic of the DM's Workshop, You aren't limited to the rules in the player's handbook, the guidelines in this book, or the selection of monsters in the monster manual. You can let your imagination run wild. This creative spirit should be top of mind during this discussion. Abilities and their associated scores are core to the D&D experience, but can be altered or even added to if the occasion calls for it. Usually these ability options should be set during the very beginning of your campaign to make sure you are on the same page as your players. This being said, it can be fun to throw a new and exciting ability option towards your players in the midst of an adventure depending on their actions or location. For example, if a player travels to a different realm or dimension, Having them temporarily work with new and foreign abilities can add to that location's intrigue. One such ability option is Proficiency Dice. Normally, a proficiency bonus is a static number which adds to a check for that specific ability. Think a stealth check for a rogue having a plus 3 bonus at level 6. If you would like an extra layer of chaos into your party, have them roll a certain die for this bonus. In this example, our rogue would roll a single d6 rather than having their static bonus. Doing so would allow them to double what their normal bonus would be, but also allows for a lower moment if they roll a 1.
Yet another ability option would be Skill Variants. This is a set of options which augment how and when your players are able to add their proficiency bonus. Normally, our rogue example would have skill and acrobatics, which, given the chance to make a check related to this skill, would allow them to add their proficiency bonus. These variants change this process. One such variant is an ability check proficiency, where characters do not have skill proficiencies, rather they have these bonuses tied statistically to two abilities one tied to the character's class, and one tied to their background. Skills cannot be honed or added to during the course of an adventure in this instance, so ensure your players are on board. Another variant is called background proficiency. Here, characters lose skill and two proficiencies, and any item which would grant these type of bonuses provides no benefit. Instead, said character can add their proficiency bonus to any ability check, which is included in their backstory. For our rogue example, they might have a history of thievery, which allows them to bonus for sleight of hand while picking locks. This is a pretty fun variant, which can assist roleplay. Another ability option is hero points, which work well within the hyper-fantasy world, where the characters are more like superheroes in comparison to the average person within the world. As the Dungeon Master's Guidebook asserts, with this option, a character starts with 5 hero points at first level. Each time the character gains a level, he or she loses any unspent hero points and gains a new total equal to 5 plus half the character's level. Using the basis for the ability option, a player can spend a hero point whenever they make an attack roll, ability check, or saving throw, which lets them add a single d6 per point spent to said roll. This can allow for some very interesting moments as the game rolls can be altered by spending a resource which is separate from spells and general attacks. If you are wishing to add to instead of augment your campaign experience, consider adding new ability scores. While you can really create any ability score you would like, the Dungeon Master's Guidebook details two common options, Honor and Sanity. Honor can be categorized by being related to those who grew up in societies which have rigid codes of honor which characters adhere to. The Dungeon Master's Guidebook relates this to Asian cultures such as Kara'or in the Forgotten Realms. Honor is also helpful in a campaign which resolves around knights or strong monastic orders. On the other hand, campaigns which are horror-based or involve unspeakable and utterly alien creatures may want to involve sanity scores. A character with high sanity is level-headed and able to withstand terrible occurrences, whereas a low-sanity character is impulsive and vulnerable to external forces. On page 264 and 265 of the book, additional statistical data is detailed as well as how to add these ability scores into your adventure.
Transitioning slightly from ability scores, there are additional options for your adventure such as healing variants, rest changes, and the addition of firearms. As with ability options, ensure to speak with your players before implementing any changes to what may be considered by some the core D&D experience. Sometimes an adventurer is not happy and can be quite creepy. Using aspects of fear and horror can help accomplish this task. When adventurers encounter enemies which they have no hope of overcoming, enact a fear roll by asking your players to roll a wisdom saving throw with a DC set to the according circumstance. If a player fails said roll, they are feared for a round and continue to be so until they succeed on the same roll. Similarly, but more long-lasting, horror roles come out from a sense of revulsion and anguish because of encountering something more than a simple fright, such as an eldritch horror. In such a situation, ask your players to roll a charisma saving throw, which, if failed, affected characters gain short-term or long-term forms of madness. Appropriate madnesses can be found within Chapter 8 of the Dungeon Master's Guidebook, specifically pages 258 through 260. Healing is incredibly important to your players and their success within your world. Because of this, you should be very specific and intentional with alterations done to how healing works in your campaign. Three of the following variations could be viable changes for healing. The first is to replace hit dice used during a short rest with a requirement for a charge from a healer's kit to be expended instead. Usually healer's kits are not always used during a campaign, and this adventure option allows for an increased dependency on this core item. Alternatively, characters are now able to heal during combat by using healing surges. A healing surge allows for any character to expend half of their hit dice as an action adding to their constitution modifier. This action cannot be used more than once per short or long rest. A healing surge allows the party with little or no healing magics to still survive extended combat by their sheer force of will. Going along with healing variants, rest is another space where the DM can enact game-altering changes. Sometimes players and even the dungeon master want to get on with it when rest comes up. With the epic heroism change, a short rest is reduced to 5 minutes, while a long rest is only an hour. On the opposite end of the spectrum, the gritty realism option increases the short rest to 8 hours, while a long rest is 7 days. With both of these, rest can either be reduced to provide extra time to other roleplay or combat activities, or it can be dramatically extended to force recovery to be on the forefront of a party's agenda. Dungeons & Dragons is traditionally played within a fantasy medieval setting, with magic and simple iron weapons being the most advanced technology gets. This being said, adding the technological advancement of firearms can introduce an interesting and powerful force to your adventure. There are three properties to firearms to keep top of mind, ammunition, burst fire, and reload. 
Each of these properties are important as the damage output from firearms are balanced by their inclusion. For example, a character will need to reload their firearm occasionally as an action, something which they will need to play around as fights progress. Additionally, there are several proficiency options for firearms which are detailed on page 267 of the Dungeon Master's Guidebook. And that is this week's discussion on the Dungeon Master's Workshop. Next week, I'm going to be speaking on dungeons and how to create these core areas within your world. Thank you for listening. Please send any questions to me at the Tilted Crown 6 on Twitter or an audio question on the Anchor app. See you next week. Thank you.